You're listening to the Raptors Report Podcast with Josh Lewinberg and Ryan Wallstadt. Welcome to TSN's Raptors Report Podcast for the week of May 2nd. Josh Lewinberg, Ryan Wolstadt of the Toronto Sun. And was it's uncharted territory for uh, the Toronto Raptors, or at least most of them, and uncharted territory for us, or at least for me. Have you covered a second round series before? I have uh, not covered a second round series because, but I have covered the finals multiple yeah. times. You've done um, conference finals too, no? I've never done that. I've only oh. ever done the opening round until now and uh, a bunch of finals. We didn't, uh, we kind of stopped traveling when I kind of took over on the final side of things because mm-hmm. we used to go to a lot of conference finals, but then we kind of decided not to anymore, I guess. And yeah, just did finals. So this will be my first second round series. I've never done a finals. So um, this is as late into the spring, the summer um, as. Oh. As all have uh, worked since covering uh, the the team for, I guess it's five five years now. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of weird. It's <laughs> it's very weird. I mean, I woke up. Well, it probably hit me at some point last night. As strange as this is to to suddenly realize, but in the same way, the Raptors have to uh, go back to the drawing board, turn the page, and and focus refocus on, on a new team. Uh, we've spent the the better part of the last two or three weeks. Um, honed in on this series, honed in on the Indiana Pacers, and all of a sudden I realized, oh, hey, <laughs> we got to look up uh, the Miami Heat. Yep. And here we go. And I'm just still like in the that. process of doing that. Yeah, you turn the page, like Kyle Lowry says. You go, it's, uh, forget Indiana. They're done. Great job, Indiana. They punched above their weight. Paul George was unbelievable. George Hill hounded Lowry. You know, Miles Turner was a revelation, but that's all out the window. That's gone. It's you know, forget about it. And, and it's now. a very different challenge here where, uh, I mean, the good news is you don't have a, a superstar mm-hmm. to worry about, a two-way superstar to worry in his prime like like Paul George. Um, but the, the bad news is also you don't have a superstar to worry about, right? Because you, you go into a series with Indiana and it very clearly the, the guy at the top of, of your scouting report is is Paul George, and after that, you, you sort of go from there. That's the that's your primary focus. Um, Miami's a, a different animal. They don't have that one guy that you say, okay, well, stop this guy, and you're in the clear. They've got a lot of different weapons. So, I mean, if you're the Raptors, where do you start? I think early on in games, it's going to be a, the, the Dwayne Wade show, and maybe late in games. It, it's interesting. They really spread it out. It, they're they're a multifaceted kind of thing. It's for a long for a long time, Goran Dragic and Wade really didn't work. It just was they needed the ball in their hands. Uh, Dragic liked to kind of pick up the pace, and Wade likes to slow it down a little, like a Demar Derozan, and it didn't really work. But once they went a little smaller and started spreading the floor, it's really taken off. Luol Deng has been phenomenal, obviously. No, that's not what you were saying earlier. I know, I know, but oh, I said he's been really good. But <laughs> You've I, done I, a little bit more research? We'll get into this. No, 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 I know he's been good. What I what I said earlier off of the air was that I wouldn't count on him continuing this. This is the best he's played in like 100 years. Like, is he really going to keep doing this? I don't know. Is he was it was the answer put him at power forward all this time? I don't I mean, I find it hard to believe that to me that's not the guy you worry about. He's 
You know, he might go all Solomon Hill on the Raptors, but you got to worry about Joe Johnson. I think he's a little bit better than Solomon Hill. He shot 11 for 19 from three and uh, killed the Raptors. Played some good D, dunked on Lowry and DeRozan's head. That guy was awesome. But All right, so who who are you worrying about? I'm worrying about all of them. Yeah? I mean, Dragic Dragic and Lowry have a long history. They know know, know each other a bit. Um, If if Lowry's at his best, I think he can guard Dragic. But he's a pretty shifty, kind of unconventional player. He learned from Steve Nash. Um, yep. that's sort of herky-jerky style. It's a little like how Corey Joseph learned. Well, it's a lot like how Corey Joseph learned from Tony Parker, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities in those games too. That'll be really interesting. Obviously, Dang has shot the lights out. Joe Johnson has been, you know, one of the 10. I'd, I'd put him in the top 10 Raptor killers ever. Uh, he's just really <laughs> There's a them. lot of them. There's a lot that's of them. That's a long list. Over and over again, and that's why you sign a Damari Carroll for, for a Paul George. Isn't that why they signed Johnson. James Johnson? Well, theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> There's, we won't get into that. No, Dwayne um, Casey did say we could see some some players that didn't guard him in the past. I think, but I think if you to go back to the roundabout way to the original question you had, I think you got to worry about Wade first of all because he seems to have found the fountain of youth a little bit. He's a guy that yeah. can get a ton of calls, can score at will. He's a guy that basically knocked out Charlotte along with Dragic, and he's hurt the Raptors before too. And then, yep, yeah, and then you have to worry about can you get DeRozan going on the other end because. They've got guys like Justice Winslow, who's a, even as a rookie, is a really, really good defender. And, you know, Joe Johnson can defend. Luol Deng can defend. Wade's the number one shot-blocking two-guard ever. You know, they're, they, they're dangerous. And, of course, there's that guy in the middle that uh, discourages you from, from coming inside. And, you know, as we know, the Raptors are built on getting the line and going inside. So that, it's it, there's a lot of fascinating angles here. I mean, yeah. you got the... And you even got the random stuff like the right, the right brothers. The who brothers won't play. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, there's there's a lot of fascinating stories here. A lot of interesting matchups. It's a lot more interesting um, than Charlotte Toronto would have been. And it, let's let's go Luol Deng now because okay. I mean, for me, when I look at, I mean, I, I think there are a lot of keys to this series on both sides. But Deng is that guy I, I think who can really move the needle for Miami. He he has. I think the turning point when you look at the Heat season which has had a lot of ups and downs, um, was when uh, Chris Bosh was more or less ruled out for, for the year. At the very least, uh, they took him out of the lineup, um, exercising precaution with his blood clot situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and through necessity, they opted to go small. And signing Joe Johnson was a big part of that. But the decision to move Luol Deng from the three to the four uh, has allowed them to spread the floor a little bit. They're shooting the ball better, but ultimately they, they rely on, on getting into the paint, getting to the rim. Um, and, and Deng has had a lot to do with that. He's a playmaker at that position. Um, he's a vet. He makes um, great decisions on both sides of the floor. And, and he's been one of the league's most improved players from the, from before the All-Star break to, to after the All-Star break, averaging 15.2 uh, points on 48% shooting, eight rebounds a game after the All-Star break, up from um, 10 points, five rebounds, 43% shooting before the All-Star break. Um, and then on the other side of the of the ball, he he's probably going to be one of those guys that's guarding DeMar DeRozan, who's, of course, a huge key for the Raptors. So I, I think um, Dang is going to be um, a, a major game changer one way or the other for the heat in this series interesting that he i agree i agree with that he's i agree and i don't as i said i i don't 
you know, I don't have the faith in Luol Deng that he's going to keep it up. I'm worried about a lot of other more guys if I'm the Raptors. But he, give him credit, he has played really well. He stunk against the Raptors in the three games he played this year. But as we kind of hinted at, he was a small forward in those games and wasn't the same guy. Bosch yeah. was in the lineup, and he's been totally different. I mean, he was, yeah, he had three bad games. I think two for seven, two for nine, seven for 18. Missed a ton of threes. Still played good defense, but... I mean, yeah, he's a different guy at, at the four, and, and he's going to have to be accounted for, especially because you know they're going to probably have to double up on Wade because he's so dangerous even at his advanced age. You know, Dragic might give them fits. Joe Johnson, I mean, you sign a Damari Carroll so you don't have to double Joe Johnson, and that killed them in the Brooklyn series when he just crushed them. They had to double him, and he kicked it out for easy pat, easy uh, buckets or scored in the post. I don't think he's going to be able to score at will in the post against a Damari Carroll, so that's a that's a – you know, that's a big thing for the Raptors. But, yeah, they can just spread it around. And then you have Whiteside. He had um, either one or two huge games against the Raptors this year. That's going to be fascinating to see the battle with Valanciunas and Biombo because Valanciunas has kind of been up and down against Miami in the past. He's had some big games, some invisible games. And I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens there. I know Valanciunas. The weird thing about this series is there's so many guys that didn't play at all or missed one game or two. Yeah, games that's what I was going to say. The interesting, like, the interesting yeah. thing about the season series is you, there's nothing interesting about it at all, right? You can, I mean, the, you don't know. The adage is always you throw out the season series in the playoffs, but I think in this case, more than probably ever before with the Raptors, uh, the season series means next to nothing. Uh, the starting, the current starting lineup for the Heat and the current starting lineup for the Raptors um, didn't play, at least not together um in any of those four games norman powell appeared in just one of those games in garbage minutes i think valentunas missed one carol um didn't play in any if i'm not mistaken um joe johnson only played in one so i mean it's one of those things now where this is a completely different um season a completely different series and matchup uh, and i'm interested to see where it goes um mm-hmm. obviously the cloud has been lifted over the Raptors. that monkey there, there goes, goes that, that monkey, uh, as, as Masai monkey. says, as every everyone was saying yesterday. So now it's yeah. a matter of, I mean, I, I wonder, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out because uh, this was something that we've anticipated. All they were so long. relaxed today. They were so much more relaxed. I mean, you could tell. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see if we can tell um, once game, yes. game one tips off. But this is something that we were anticipating all year, that in the event that they could – um, get over that mental hurdle of, of not having made it past the first round do all of a sudden the the nerves diminish um do you um play freer um are they able to to get back to doing what they were doing the, during the season specifically Lowry and DeRozan I'm not I'm not sure that you can win another series with them no, playing anything less than than um their usual selves right I mean they need to got, be Maybe if they're not their usual selves, they need to be pretty close. They need to be a, a lot better than they were in the last series, and I'm not sure that's physically capable. Lowry is physically capable of that right now with his elbow. I mean, it's a state secret, but once again with the Raptors, but it's, you know, he's clearly not himself. He shot 31% in the nine games after he re-injured his elbow after against Orlando. Then he shot, here we are, 31% <clears throat> again in the playoffs like there it's obviously not right something's not right right and that was sort of the the idea behind continuing to play him through that injury is the i the, the fact that they knew 
the bursitis wasn't going away. He was going to have to play with that discomfort. It doesn't really seem like it. I don't think it's pain. It's just discomfort in the sense. He said he can't extend properly. Yeah, it's it's limiting his his motion, his movement on uh, on the release. Um, and the only way to, I guess, fight your way out of it is just to get used to playing with it. And obviously that's not something that he's been able to do. Um, you can tell. I mean, the shots that he's taken – um, haven't looked good, haven't fallen, and, and there's a hesitation now to um, hoist up. I mean, Lowry isn't shy, especially not with that three, but he sort of has been over the last few games. So um, he's looking to do other things, and he's done a pretty good job of doing that so far. He's getting guys involved. He's played his tail off. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he's still. And he's defending. But um, now is the time where I, that's why I think uh, assuming that the elbow continues to bother him, um, DeRozan, maybe for the first time in, in their tenures here with the Raptors, DeRozan might be the more important player than, than Lowry in this series just because they're going to need him to carry that scoring load, preferably without taking 32 shots a game. That's an interesting point. And and if you are, if you're one that agrees with that point of view, the encouraging thing maybe for the Raptors is I'd say two of DeRozan's better games this year, probably two of his 10, 12 best games of the entire season came against Miami. He had a couple of really, really good ones. He had some good so, games against Indiana during the regular yeah, season. Sure, too. Yeah. I mean, but he's shown he can do it. The question is in those games, he relied. Well, one of them that was really good. He didn't actually rely on a lot of free throws. I mean, it's going to be interesting. They don't have a defender like a Paul George no. and Lowry. They don't have a defender like George Hill. So that's going to be really interesting. That's nothing against, you know, Justice Winslow and whoever, but it should be interesting. And Corey Joseph against, you know, like a Tyler Johnson or Biombo against like a, the, the, the corpse of Amare or Haslam or whoever they try to, if they, you know, if when, if uh, Whiteside gets in a foul trouble, there's going to be some issues there. It's, there's just so many things that are, you know, you can't predict and you, you just, it's going to be interesting. It's, I heard one person say that Miami has the edge on the bench, and I that seems bizarre to me. I don't see that at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're built pretty well for the playoffs, probably more so than the regular season mm-hmm. in that they have probably eight or nine guys that um, are, are really solid. And, and like I said, it, there's not a, a superstar in his prime there. Uh, Dwayne Wade's still pretty darn good uh, some nights more than others, but he, he's not Paul George at this point in his no. career. Um, they, they can go eight or nine deep, but I'm not sure I love their depth in the sense that there, there aren't a lot of guys coming off that bench that I, I would entrust um, the same way that I, I would Corey Joseph or I would um, Bismack Biombo defensively mm-hmm. or Patrick Patterson if he returns to the bench. And we'll talk about that uh, coming up as well. Uh, there are some decisions to be made here. I, I think the, the cause for optimism if you're a Raptors fan, is one. Um, Dwayne Casey has done a pretty good job here of being flexible and, and making adjustments, not being married to his his rotation and mm-hmm. his um, the guys that he's used throughout the season. Obviously, Scola has been out of the rotation now since they went with Patrick Patterson in the starting lineup, and Ross got a pretty quick hook in Game 7 and didn't see the court in the second half. So um, I, I think that that's a good sign. Um, going into a, a series where I think we're going to see a lot of small ball. And then the second part of that is uh, Casey used a lot of small ball lineups against the Pacers. And through 
a number of stretches, uh, those lineups performed pretty well. Um, and I think they're going to need those lineups. I think guys like Norman Powell, um, Patrick Patterson, and then as as I said to Rosen, the, the wings for the Raptors are going to be huge in this series because of how much the Heat rely on their wings. It's, there's so many variables as we keep getting back to it. It's, it's just and it's so hard to get a read on on what's going to happen because of all the just the weird season series with everyone in and out in the lineup. I mean, I would love to this would be such an awesome series if it, Chris Bosh was healthy and Kyle Lowry was 100%. It would be, you know, arguably the second and not probably not arguably the second and third best Raptors ever, you know. Yep. That'd be that'd be a cool angle, but it doesn't seem like uh Bosh is going to be allowed to play. But let's get back to the starters here. Who would what would you do if you were in Dwayne Casey's shoes against the Heat? Uh, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Uh, the, the way that you can go wrong, of course, would be to go back to Luis Scola, which isn't going to happen. Um, yeah, he had a 20-point game against. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Okay, please don't reference the regular season series again. Please, we've got no, what? No, we're done with 14 it. 14 minutes left in this? Yeah, no more. Done. No more regular season series. Um, yeah, I, I, I still think that their, their best five – includes Patrick Patterson. Certainly in terms of the numbers, their um, best five during the Pacers series, despite the the struggles of Patterson in game uh, five and six, was that that starting group. Um, I, I don't think you can go wrong with that lineup, but at the same time, I, I, I think Norm Powell has met and exceeded every expectation that, that has been every opportunity, every expectation that's been thrown his way. Um, he hasn't looked out of place, not against Paul George. I don't think he would against Dwayne Wade. Um, and I, I think he matches up really well in this series. Um, so I, if it was me, I, I would go I would go Norm uh, as well as Damari Carroll and, and, and DeMar DeRozan on the wing with Lowry and Valanciunas. And I really like that idea too. The only reason... I'm on the fence a bit with it is I think you're going to get some nonsense calls on Powell. If he's the guy guarding Wade, uh, if he's the starter versus maybe if he comes off the bench, maybe the refs aren't eager to blow their whistles early as they, like, yeah, I, 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 just, I just feel I like know. he's going to get in some foul that, trouble. That scenario with Paul George too. Yeah. But Wade's the master. He's, you know, oh, if, yeah. if Paul George is good at it. <laughs> Dwayne Wade is the Jedi master of drawing nonsense fouls. So I don't know. I, I like it. I called for it in the last series. It, it's, it makes way more sense than this one than the last one. I mean, Powell's obviously been great. I really like the idea of reuniting Patterson with Corey Joseph on that second unit, which has um, kind of been desperate for for scoring. You know, at times it's been Corey Joseph's had to drive, and it's worked. But with Patterson's spacing there, you know, you get that. It's it's to me that's you know you're trying to get both units going, and this probably makes the most sense because you have, you know, a balance of the starting lineup, and then you also have Patterson's much-needed shooting. But I don't think they're going to do it. If You know, I think they're going to stick with the Patterson thing now and run with it, and this is what they're doing. What I'm about to say will not be a popular opinion, and the fact that I'm, I'm saying it scares the crap out of me. But the Raptors badly need Terrence Ross in this series. <laughs> they need a shooting. Um, I think that that's something that can separate the Raptors from the Heat in this series. The Heat are going to want to attack 
Um, at every opportunity they get, they've proven to be an efficient three-point shooting team, certainly better since they've gone small since the All-Star break. They were pretty solid uh, from beyond the arc in round one, but their bread and butter is attacking, getting to the rim, scoring in the paint. They were second in that category during the regular season. Um, the Raptors, as we saw during the first round, when those shots are falling, which they weren't too often against the Pacers, but when they're hitting their threes, um, they're a, a very different offensive team. When those shots aren't falling, uh, it, it can be ugly. It can be disastrous. And obviously a lot of that will have to do with, will depend on uh, Lowry and his health, his elbow, DeMar, whether or not his shot is falling. But you need a guy like Terrence Ross. I, I mean, this isn't a game, game seven, right? It, this is presumably going to be another long, hard-fought mm -hmm. series, or at least that's the way it, it looks to be at this point. Um, you can't really ride with with eight guys throughout the entire series. At some point, you're going to turn to Ross, and you need him to produce. And if he's not knocking down a shot, I'm not sure that he does enough uh, it, on in the other areas on both ends of the floor to be worth the time that they're probably going to give him. So he needs to hit those shots. 100%. He's, there's a huge correlation. When Ross is hitting – and spacing the floor, the Raptors are winning more games. You just look it up. Look at the split stats. When he shoots forward above 40%, that's when the Raptors have most of their wins. And their losses, he shot around 29-30%. There's a correlation. He has you know, lost a lot of his job to Norman Powell, but he's still a big X factor. I agree with that. I think he's a guy that can help them because as much as Kyle Lowry can say all we have to do to get – to beat Whiteside is put the ball above his hand. That's easier said than done with a guy that blocks like five shots every game. You know, it, it's not that easy. So they're going to have to find other ways to score, and that's spreading the floor. And Terrence Ross is, you know, has, he's their best three-point shooter. So it's just a matter of getting him going because in the playoffs, there's a track record now of three years where he's been just brutal. And we he was one of the last guys on the court uh, today mm -hmm. at practice, working hard, trying to get going desperately. But – it's, you know, it needs to translate to a game. He's got to be present. He's got to be there in the moment because it just, when when he's been on the court, it's just, I don't know what's going on. It, it's, we, there's been flashes of something, but most of the time it's just, wow, like he can't get out of the game quick enough. Got to give the Waz some credit here. You, you called it very early in the season, probably even before the season, that at some point Norman Powell was going to play uh, play a role on, on this team and that he could start and probably would start eating into Terrence Ross's minutes. And not that I doubted Powell's talent and what he could become as an NBA player, but I didn't see it happening in year one. Mm -hmm. A lot of that was just my knowing uh, Dwayne Casey as a head coach and his mm -hmm. reluctance to uh, trust in, in, in rookie players, young players and how much faith he's shown a lot of it out of necessity, but how much faith he's shown in Terrence Ross before. But again, credit Casey here and, and credit the Waz for, for the prediction. Wow, but first time for everything. <laughs> throw the tape out after this. I never want to hear it again. Um, credit Casey for going with uh, the the better player, uh, at least at the very least, the player that's, that's performing better right now. But a lot of people would argue, and so would I, he's gone with the better player here in norm powell but i like i said I, I think you need ross you need both ross and powell mm -hmm. at, at some point they both give you very different things but um you, you need ross's shooting um it, such a hard series to get a read on um 
both both teams have sort of been very hit or miss going back to the first round even um it's probably the biggest reason why both series went to seven games because uh one night the heat would come out like gangbusters shoot over 50 percent be draining threes i think they averaged 110 points in their wins um yet in their losses i have it right here so 110 points in their wins 84 points in their losses a 26 point swing uh 52 percent from the field in their wins 39 percent uh in the losses 47 from three in the wins 33 percent from three in the losses and of course as i mentioned earlier um so much of their success or lack thereof is determined by how much they're able to to score in the paint um so uh, cause for optimism for the raptors they've improved significantly uh in terms of protecting the paint this season they were 23rd in that category last year they're tied uh this season for fourth in that category um the perimeter defense improved with the addition of Corey joseph and uh, a much better defensive year from kyle lowry helps obviously adding bismack biombo and uh, the improvement um of valanchunas helps a great deal now where that's hurt the raptors is defending the three-point line they've mm-hmm. sort of um plugged one hole and another one has opened up defensively um so yeah i, I mean miami it's one of those things where you almost take your chances with with them shooting jumpers especially the likes of, of Dwayne wade and, and goran dragic they'd rather attack they'd rather get in the paint um and if you're the raptors um, yeah, you, you roll the dice with them taking those shots because the last thing you want to do is, is uh, allow them to play into their comfort zone. Yeah. All right. How about some ass was? Let's do it. Got some good ones this week. Here's my my ass was to myself. Do you think the Raptors <laughs> regret uh, choosing Greg Steensma over Hassan Whiteside? Um, yeah, that's not looking so great in hindsight now, is it? <laughs> I, I don't know if it, yeah. Anyway, or whoever they did, whatever. Yeah, but there, there are. To be fair, there, yes, there are twenty-eight other teams that yes. are not named the Toronto Raptors, and obviously not named the Miami Heat. Twenty-eight other teams that regret not scooping Whiteside up uh, as well, because that every every team in the league had their shot. Uh, it's yeah. not like he was on. To be clear, it's not like he was on the Raptors roster. No. He played for their summer league team. Um, doesn't necessarily guarantee that. I mean, they could have offered him a contract and. Mm-hmm. He could have accepted with someone else. He didn't. They didn't have his rights. Um, but yeah, they they got a good look at him. A lot of teams got a good look at him. We got a good look at him. We were at that. He suddenly. looked terrible. He looked terrible. And beyond that, actually, is the fact that he just didn't. He was he was invisible. I didn't notice yeah. him at all, to be honest. Yeah. It was beyond looking terrible. If you look terrible, then at least you're noticeable. I, I didn't. No, he was just. Yeah, this wasn't good. It was invisible, and yeah, a lot of people passed. A lot of people passed on Norman Powell and Josh Richardson. Look at it that. Hey, yeah, and another angle of the series, another remarkable story, in addition to all those that we mentioned, is the rookies. We yeah. talk about Richardson and, and Powell, a couple of second-round picks, even Winslow. These are three rookies that are playing significant the roles. only three. For, I tweeted it today. Yeah. I looked it up. The only three from that draft still playing significant roles are those guys. Incredible. Yep. Here they are. All right, uh, throw an ask was at me. All right. 
How about just trying to go from there? <laughs> All right, uh, I'll start it off. Okay, you start then. Yeah, I was just looking through them, but you go if you got one queued up. This is from Matthew Bernstein. Is this uh our boy? Is this our boy Matthew Bernstein? I think it is. All yeah. right, uh, friend of the podcast. Uh, do the Heat have a shutdown defender like Paul George? We sort of answered that. Um, they've got two very good perimeter defenders in in Winslow and in Dang, and and uh, still even at his age, a pretty good defender in Dwayne Wade as well. Um, but no, none of them are, are Paul George. There are very few players in the NBA. Somebody else asked a question. Nate Goodwin asked if uh, there are many guys in the league that are better two-way players than Paul George, and it's it's a short list. Um, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard, obviously. Maybe Draymond Green. Yeah. Um, could be hit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, DeMar DeRozan, one of the things that I, I talked about all year was uh, how much more matchup proof he seemed this year than he has in, in, in past seasons. And that conversation came up a bunch of times against Miami because they're one of the teams that do have some pretty solid perimeter defenders. Um, now, obviously, Paul George locked him down. Um, let's see how he bounces back here. Um, this is a great opportunity for him. Obviously, mm-hmm. his name would have been dragged through the mud here up until he eventually gets the uh, max contract um, that that he's going to get regardless uh, mm-hmm. if the season ended a couple days ago. Um, but now he's got a, a very big opportunity here to flip the script, change the narrative, because if he has a big series here and the Raptors win, um, then the book on DeMar DeRozan going into the summer is going to be a whole lot different than it would have been. Yeah. On that note, Ben LaFord asks, will DeRozan <laughs> continue to suck? If only I knew. <laughs> I, I'm going to say no. I think he's going to be a lot better. Well, low bar, right? It's, it's a low bar, right? I think he will be. Okay. Um, what else we got here? Christopher. Chris Todefer. All right. Christopher. Christopher. There you go. He asks, which matchup, matchup are you most looking forward to? Um. I'm going to go with – I'm going to stick with the theme and, and say DeMar DeRozan against whoever they throw at him. I imagine it will be a lot of Luol Deng, a lot of Justice Winslow off the bench. Um, I, I think that's the most important matchup of the, uh, of the series, but there's a lot of really interesting ones. As I mentioned, the centers, Valanchunas and and uh, and Whiteside, the, the point guards, a couple of guys that know each other well, um, having battled for that job uh, together in Houston, Lowry and, and Dragic. Um there's a lot of interesting individual matchups here. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out as a collective. I like, um, I really like the Dragic Lowry one because it was such an interesting dynamic. Uh, a few of us talked to Demari Carroll today about it because he was there for about 30 games or he played in 30 games. He was there a bit longer. He was mostly sitting on the bench. He was there probably like half a season and he got up close look at basically Lowry had the job when Dragic got there. And then the next year, Dragic beat him out. And, you know, Kyle Lowry, especially back then, he was not happy about this. And he kind of said it was a little bulldog kind of going up against this kind of an intense European dude. And it was crazy to watch. And everyone thinks they kind of hate each other for it. But they're actually great friends. I actually I Googled it and I wrote a story in 2012, late 2012, when Lowry had kind of taken over in Toronto and Dragic had taken over in Phoenix. They were about to play Phoenix. 
And Lowry said, you know, he doesn't have any ill will. He said, I can't wait to see him. He was smiling. He talked about how proud wait, he wait, was wait. of him. Kyle, and, Kyle was smiling? Yeah, he, he talked wow. about how proud he was. He deserves every opportunity he's getting. He's They're good friends. And you know what? You know, they stayed friends, even though despite that battle. But Damari still knows, even though they're friends, he thinks they're going to try to really go at each other. And he thinks it's going to be a really good matchup. But I'm going to agree that that's going to be uh, – that'll be a fun one to watch. All right, here we go. Prediction time. Uh, again, this is a tough series to get a read on, but we're going to try and do it. Uh, we got some help from Twitter, uh, our, our Raptors report. Poll question of the week. We asked you to predict the Raptors and Heat second round series. And uh, the bulk of uh, the voters see this series going the distance one way or the other. It's uh, 89% of the vote. Um say that it's going to game six or seven. Uh, 68% of the vote um, have the Raptors winning in six or seven. 21% have the Heat in six or seven. Um, so the uh, the Raptors fans, I assume most of them are Raptors fans, have spoken. Um, what say you, was? If Kyle Lowry has an elbow transplant, Frankenstein monster, somehow they stick mine. a new arm and elbow on him. The Raptors win. But since that's not going to happen, it's going to be the Heat in six. All right. Um, the Raptors can win this series without Lowry scoring big. They need Lowry. He, he's exceptionally valuable. He's still, even without um, without the, the, the jumper at the level that it usually is, their most valuable player in the sense that he gives you so much on both ends of the floor. But... If he's not scoring, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan needs to be. We talked yeah. about that before. So for me, that's the key. If DeMar is able to carry the scoring load while Lowry does basically everything else um, and, and all the other guys do their job, um, I think the Raptors can win this series. Again, it will depend on what version of the Raptors come out here. It will depend on whether or not that cloud being lifted does kind of ease the tension ease the pressure a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miami ha- has so many weapons. They're proven and they're capable on both sides of the floor. Um, I think the small ball lineup causes a lot of problems. I think Hassan Whiteside causes a lot of problems defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say Heat and seven. There you go. We shall see. That would a lot set of up a likely Cleveland Raptors. So we'll see would, how it plays out. That, that would set up a LeBron returns to Miami, where I think the fans are being stupid for not appreciating all that he did for that franchise. They're really bitter at him. But anyways, that's a story for a different day. They're not burning jerseys, are they? No, they're not that mad, but they're kind of mad. And we'll leave you with that. We'll be back next week. This has been another episode of TSN's Raptors Report podcast. Thanks for listening. Was out to the second round. Here I am in the place where I come let go In Miami, the base and the sunset low Every day like a Mardi Gras Everybody party all day, no work, all play, okay? So we sip a little something, leave the rest to spill Me and Charlie at the bar, running up a high bill Nothing less than ill when we dress the-